Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 8 through 21. Ephesians 5, 8 through 21. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray, friends. Lord God, we submit ourselves to the authority of your holy word in our lives, asking that your spirit would open our eyes and soften our hearts. Show us Jesus, teach us the gospel, make us your people, Lord for the sake of communicating goodness and glory of Jesus. And for his sake we pray. Amen. To us, as messed up humans who see the world and ourselves through a mirror dimly, as it says in 2 Corinthians 13, to us as messed up people who see the world not quite right, Light and dark, right and wrong, good and evil are often most clearly revealed for what they truly are in the contrast between them. To us as broken and messed up and sinful humans who see the world and especially ourselves through dirty and broken lenses our understanding and our experience of light and dark, right and wrong, of of good and evil, are made clearer in the contrast, often, between them. Now, there are limits to this way of characterizing things, and I'm in no way suggesting some sort of heresy like you, you can't have God without the evil one, or vice versa, as if they somehow overlap in some weird, new agey, existential, philosophical, zen kind of way. We know from Scripture that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all, 1 John 1, 15. According to the Bible, in God there is no mixing of his goodness with Satan's evil. But in this broken world where we see dimly, and our minds and our hearts are conspiracy theory factories, phrase used entirely on purpose, we, we often most clearly see and understand light and dark as distinct from one another. 
when we see them next to one another. Now, if you're walking into the fitness center and you happen to get the spot right next to that person who's there twice a day at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m., the person who's super fit and who's jamming on the elliptical like their arms and legs are waving and it's enough to keep you fanned because you're next to them, right? Like you know who I'm talking about, right? When you walk in and you're next to that person, do you not just feel automatically super judged <laughs> as a total loser just by being next to them, just by being around them? I hope so because... That's totally how I feel. Seriously, every time I go to the gym, after I've done the walk of shame where the person at the front desk is like, wait, you're a member here? Every time I walk into the fitness center, I'm like, where is the most unfit person in the entire room so I can go uh, work out next to them? I don't know about you, but uh, I, I make a beeline for those who will not make clear my lack of fitness. In Ephesians 5, in verses 8 to 21 here, Paul instructs us to walk as children of light who expose the darkness around us. He's calling us to be the people on the elliptical who are fanning those around them. This is how God's people affect the world around them, as light that makes clearer the darkness. Jump in with me at Ephesians 5, starting at verse 8, where we'll look here at just that verse to begin. This is where we see some of uh, how this dynamic works with light and dark. So that, so that we can go away today with a little bit more of a vision for being light and hope and healing in a world that is confused and dark and broken. Jump in at verse 8. It says, For at one time you were darkness. You were deceived and blind and unaware of the goodness and the glory of God because of your own sin. For at one time you were darkness, he says, but now you are light. In the Lord. For at one time you were darkness without Christ, but now you are light in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I read these profoundly uh, definitive statements uh, like this about our new identity in Christ. I read these kinds of things in the New Testament, and I think to myself, really? <laughs> really, Paul? Am I now light in the Lord? Because I don't really feel like light. I'm not walking around feeling like, man, I am so competent and so full of light and glory. People around me aren't like, turn it down, Scott. No one's getting a tan off basking in the glory of my light in the Lord. So I come to passages like this and I struggle. And I think, what does he mean here? What is Paul saying here by calling us as believers light? And how does that help us become people individually and a church corporately that are, as we're saying throughout this whole series, that are built on Christ? Well, let's back up here a little bit first. Here in verse 8, we're obviously picking up Paul's argument midstream here in the middle of the conversation. So in the previous verses, Paul tells the Christians at Ephesus 
to be imitators of God as children who are well-loved, as we said last week. Be imitators of God as children who are well-loved, meaning that when we deeply understand God's love for us through Jesus, we will naturally walk in that love from that love, like a child naturally imitating a parent. So if you're born of God, the fruit of your life will show it, right? Like kids do what their parents do. Kids do what their parents have taught them to do, at least for a time. So if you're born of God, the fruit of your life will show it. So he expands on that theme here in verse 8. And he says, at one time you were darkness, meaning you were deceived and blind and unaware of the goodness and the glory of God because of your own sin and the sin of the world around you. But now, he says, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light. Notice that Paul doesn't say like you have it. He says that you are light. Like as a child of God who is born of God's spirit, you are now light. It's that radical change in, in who you are. You were this, but now you are this. And throughout the scriptures, this concept of light is a way to speak of what God is doing in this uh, broken, messed up, and ugly world that's, that's overrun with sin. You see, God is bringing light, which is why in Genesis 1, at the very beginning, it says, in the beginning, at the very first moment of creation, God spoke light into the darkness. He's bringing light into darkness. Now, couple that, the idea that God's work is to bring light into darkness, couple that with the idea that you are light, and what you get is this radical idea that we see over and over in the book of Ephesians that, of all things, get this, God's plan is to bring light into the world through you. God's plan to bring light into the world is you as someone born of that light. God's plan, accomplished through Jesus, who gave you that light, and whose spirit made your hearts new and ready to hear, the, to hear from God so that you could trust Jesus, so that you could become a child of that light. Through Jesus, Paul is saying, you are being built up, as he's saying in Ephesians, into a people and a place that emits that light in the world. That's God's plan. And this is what's so radical about Ephesians, and about the church. Paul says this very thing in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 through 6. Really cool passage here that's worth you looking at again later. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 through 6. He says, in their case, meaning in the case of those who are condemned because they've broken God's law, in their case, the God of this world, meaning Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Look at this, verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, quoting from Genesis 1, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God 
in the face of Jesus Christ. We are reflectors of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ to the world. And here he says, listen, that's you. That's the church. God has made you light through Jesus to keep bringing the light. He's saying become who you already are. Be who he's made you to be. You already possess this light and the goodness and the truth that he'll speak of here because of Jesus. It's not like you haven't been shown it by him. It's not like you haven't been offered and given it by him. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice that gives you all the riches and the mercy and the power and the grace and the blessing of God the Father in heaven. Every spiritual blessing you could ever need for perfect relationship with him. You know that. He's given it to you in Jesus. That's the light that you now have. So live like you have and you now, as he's saying here, are defined by that light. So keep reading. Walk as children of light. Walk like that. As you are going about your day-to-day journey through life, walk as children, in the plural, as Paul is calling them to be an army of light bearers, walk as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of light, just like the fruit of the Spirit, what's produced in us through Jesus, through the Spirit, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, not as prerequisites for being in Christ, but as a byproduct of being in Christ. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Think about this. Those who are born of God, born of light, born of the Spirit, being made new, those who walk as children of light are constantly asking themselves, what does my Father, the source of my light, what does he want here? What would please him here in this situation? And how can, I, how can I be that light in this circumstance? How can I bring light into the world, into my relationships with my family, my spouse, my kids, my friends, my coworkers, anyone within my sphere of influence? How can I bring light into their world? Figure out what's pleasing to the Lord by asking yourself those those questions. This, This is the process of learning to walk as a child of light. Wrestling with these questions of how to please God is part of the path of walking as children of light. And and if you're not really wrestling with that, like, like if pleasing God isn't something with which you wrestle, then perhaps you're still too much a partner with darkness to an extent that's keeping you from caring about the fruit of the Spirit and light in you, those things that are good and that are right and that are true. Paul warns against that in the very next verse. Look at verse 11. He says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Avoid what you used to be, take no part in it, but expose the darkness by being what it is not. Now I know this sounds a little simplistic, but it's actually pretty profound as a strategy 
as a strategy of the light of goodness that becomes a judgment against darkness. Think about this. While there's certainly a place for occasionally speaking the hard truth and and naming names and coming down hard on someone for darkness and for sin, Paul's giving us a strategy here, at least in this passage, for living out God's will in the world in a way that means that we don't so much expose darkness by merely calling it darkness, but by being light. It's not like our strategy is, hey, you're darkness. Did you know you're living like darkness? You, yeah, hey, you, did you know you're living in darkness? (laughs) No, Sherlock, thanks for the help in making clear that I am darkness by calling me darkness. That's the help I need right now. More condemnation of my inability to come out of my own darkness from someone whose only help seems to currently be an unwarranted self-righteous platitude yelled at me. Thank you very much for your help. That's kind of akin to how a lot of people experience children of light in our world today. Rather than that, Paul says here, we expose darkness by being light. So don't partake in darkness, but rather expose it. Keep reading, verse 12. He says, for it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Like there's nothing to be gained by even hinting at partaking of the things that they do in secret by speaking of them. But when anything is exposed by the light, what a cool verse this is. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light. It it is seen for what it really is. So friends, when your life is a witness to what you have in Jesus, the darkness is seen for what it really is. You see, here's the, here's the mind-boggling truth about the book of Ephesians and really the trajectory of the whole Bible or one of the major themes of the trajectory of the whole Bible that you need to see. God's vision for changing the people around you in terms of, in terms of your role, God's vision for changing the people around you in terms of your role and ultimately the whole world is to expose sin and darkness through his people who embody and reflect his light, his goodness, his truth. The fruit of that light that's communicated and embodied. You see, friends, this isn't our light we're witnessing to. Those who most truly understand the darkness from which they've been saved and the light to which they've been saved and the light they've been given, those folks are keen. Believers like that are keen on reflecting the light of Christ to others. They think about that. They wonder, how can I please God here? They think about what is good and right and true, and they make decisions to live in ways that fit with the light they've been given. And that's, from their lives, what makes the contrast clear. starting with the goodness and glory and light of God, filtered through the Spirit, expressed in our lives 
embodied to those around us as light is what makes the contrast with darkness clear. Friends, when you get this, (laughs) when you get that uh, it isn't now and never was and can't be your manufactured goodness that comes from you, but that it's God's gift of grace that you are communicating, then your life will, in effect, it'll say something like this. Look at verse 14. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Your life will awaken those around you from their darkness, not because of you, but but through you. Not because of you, but through the light of Christ in you. So look for opportunities to reflect what you've been given. Look for opportunities to be like to embody the goodness and truth of God. That's what he says in verse 15. Look for those opportunities. Look carefully, wisely, intentionally. Look carefully then how you walk, about the manner of your walking. Watch where you're going. (laughs) Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Children of light, they walk wisely with God's purposes in mind, aware that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil one who is the small g God of this world and who tempts us to follow. So, verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, which is not this, keep reading verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. In other words, don't be controlled by things that take you out of the call to walk as children of light. Don't be controlled by things that take you out of the game of the spiritual battle against the forces of darkness, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, quick pause. You must understand here that Paul is saying that God wants to use you to be a light bearer whose life exposes darkness, which may feel and sound to you like a a pretty highfalutin and frankly kind of a functionally impossible call to meet. I mean, it may feel to you like... (sighs) How am I supposed to make any real difference in the world, let alone the lives of people around me, when I can't even come within six feet of them, and the task is too big, the evil is too great in the world, and my resources too small? That's a a feeling and a a question we, we all have. Now, here's the secret sauce. According to Ephesians, as a part of the children of light, you learn, you learn how to do this and how God works through his children of light, those who walk as children of light. You learn this in community. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Keep reading, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, 
singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You cannot achieve this mission of being a bearer of light and this calling to walk as a child of light on your own. Just like the contrast between light and dark is made clear by proximity, so is, Paul says here, this filling with the Spirit. So this filling with the Spirit thing is something that happens in community because of proximity as a part of the people of God as a part of the local church. Be filled with the Spirit, rather, he says, addressing one another with hearts that are thankful for what God's done, with thankful hearts that praise God and that tell the story of what he's done for us. We tell that story to one another, which is to say that we learn to be children of light that expose darkness when we are around children of light. Now, I know this feels like a mission that is way too big for you. I feel that too. And in a real sense, it is. The corporate mission that God has given his people, it isn't yours to manage. It's not mine to manage. It's his to control and to empower. But you have a part, and so do I, in small ways to those around us. If we are faithful to be children of light, to walk as children of light to those around us, God he is responsible for managing how that's used. Friends, what a freeing truth that is. It allows us to not have to fix it all. It allows us to think about what we can do because of what only God can do. So I want to ask an application, uh, a takeaway question for you that, that gets at this idea of what you and I can do. It's very simple. It's this, to whom do you know that you are called to be light this week? To whom do you know you're called to be light this week, and how has God positioned you for that? Let's take just a moment and think through that.
Benjamin Franklin tells of the time that he wanted to convince the citizens of Philadelphia to light the streets at night as a protection against crime and as a help for doing evening activities. Well, Franklin failed to convince them by his words, so he decided to show his neighbors how compelling a single light could be. He bought a lovely little lantern, he polished the glass, he placed it on a long bracket that extended from the front of his house, and every evening as it became dark, he lit the wick, and what do you know? His neighbors began noticing the warm glow in the front of his house, and those passing by, they found that the light helped them avoid tripping over the stones in the roadway, and well, soon others began placing lanterns in front of their homes one at a time, and eventually the whole city recognized the need for having well-lighted streets, and now just about every city on the planet has lights at night. Friends, God can do whatever he wants with your one little faithful life. As a child of the God who gave you the light of Jesus, to join with other little lives as children of God who have been given the light of Jesus, to communicate something far more beautiful and amazing than any one of us could ever imagine. Father in heaven, we ask that you would give us deeper and more intimate knowledge and understanding of what you've truly given us. That Jesus wasn't just some theory from the past, that he you say.